0: Welcome to the Like a Dance Boss podcast. My name's Jess and each episode, I'll be interviewing a dance studio owner from around Australia. Tune in to find out their tips and tricks, the secrets to their success, and how they cope with the daily stresses of running a dance studio. Please also check out my website, likeadanceboss.com.au for everything that you need to run a dance studio. Here, you can find checklists, templates, articles, and lots of things to make your life easier when running a dance studio day to day. In this episode, I interview Jason from JTC Performing Arts in Melbourne. Thanks so much for talking to me today. Can you just start by telling me a little bit about your studio, like where is it and what the studio name is?
1: No, no worries. So my studio is JTC Performing Arts Studio. Uh, We are located in Brunswick East. We started in Coburg, uh, but I moved literally two kilometers down the road to um, a better uh, venue. Um, I am uh, a young bird in my fourth year only of running the studio.
0: Um,
1: And yeah, that's pretty much it really. I always said um, that by 30, I would open up a studio. That was always my biggest goal. Even through my my time dancing professionally, I always was teaching just as much, even more, because I really loved it on an equal level yeah. um, to performing. And so a year, I was a year early. I was 29 when I opened um, unofficially. So I opened really unofficially. So literally just had one group of kids um, between the ages of like 14 and 18 um, and just took them for a couple of days a week um, for the year. And then the year after that, uh, we opened officially.
0: And then what about the name? Like JT obviously stands for your name.
1: So the C, (laughs) <laughs> the C actually stands for my ex-boyfriend.
0: <laughs> so did you go into it as a partnership or? Um,
1: so unofficially a partnership. So not on the books a partnership, but unofficially a partnership. So the C stands for my uh, ex-partner's uh, first letter of his last name. Um, and the, the J and the T is obviously my initials. Um, and so when we unfortunately ended our relationship two years ago now, um, I didn't, a lot of people asked me if I was going to change the name and I decided not to just because I had spent so long uh, promoting the school as that name, I thought it would be really um, illogical to to change it so young. Um, so as for now, it's Jason Teasdale and Co.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And someone like me wouldn't know the difference. So
1: No, that's right. And not actually many people do. Now everybody will know. So that's amazing. Yeah. I didn't actually expect you to ask that. So when you did, I was like, oh,
0: Okay. (laughs) I'm always really fascinated. Like, I love finding out people's studio names, like why they pick the colour of their uniform. Like, even the fact that you've called it performing arts, like, is that because you were passionate about offering, like, singing, acting, dancing, musical theatre? or?
1: So I think the, the main reason why I decided to declare the studio as a performing arts studio is because one of... Um, one of the things that my I prioritize and all my staff prioritize and we feed through the studio is uh, um, the importance of dancing being a performing art and not a sport. Um, and so it's not just, for us anyway, it's not just about uh, technique and skill and turns and kicks and jumps and, all of that kind of stuff it's we're very we're very big on the idea of the students understanding the value of performing and the art of performing and the technique that comes from that um so i wanted to when i opened the school i wanted to make it really clear that and i think it's important to be very clear about your studio Um, for anyone that is wanting to open one. I have no idea why you would at the moment. But um, I think it's very important to be very clear about what uh, direction you are taking your students down through your name, you know? Absolutely. Um, uh, So that's why it was really important for me um, to, to make it very obvious that it was a performing arts studio and not just a dance school or a dance academy, you know? Um, yeah.
0: No, I think that comes with opening a studio a bit later as well. Like, I opened my studio when I was 19 and at the time I was like, oh, this sounds like a cool name and then registered it, made a flyer and went with it. But really in hindsight, I do wish that I spent more time planning what the name would be, what the intention would be, like, in five years' time in ten years' time before setting a name in concrete and, you know, developing a logo mm. and-
1: I think um, I think the difference between 10 20 years ago and now is that dance school oh, in quotation marks dance schools offer so much more than than what they did a decade or two decades ago I think I know you know for me as a 30 or I'm 32 in two weeks so let's say a 32 year old. When I was dancing at my suburban dance school, um, it was a dance school. And you went to a dance school to learn how to dance. And then you went to a singing school to learn how to sing. And then you went to a drama school to learn how to act. And I think now it's um, it's really important that we try our hardest to, um, uh, create as much opportunity for the kids as possible because a lot of kids, as you would know, having your school for so long and you have so many elite style students, they want to do more than just ABC. They yeah. want to do D, E, F, G and so on and so forth. And what better what, what better opportunity than to provide it under the one roof? Yeah, you know.
0: For sure, I think that's a huge difference. Yeah, like you said, from twenty years ago to mm. now, and I know that was one of my goals to open a school where yeah, you didn't have to be a ballet school or a theatrical school, but you could be an everything school, and then maybe throw in acro as well. Yeah, just in case you didn't need any more. And now you know people are adding in aerial, aerial and silks and.
1: And now if you can't do an aerial, you can't do comps.
0: <laughs> um, so you said that you've had the school for four years. Why did you start the school? Was teaching not giving you enough satisfaction anymore?
1: Um, that's a good question. Teaching, I, I feel that teaching will always give me satisfaction. I was ready to... Have complete control over the direction my students were going Um, and I was ready um, to have full responsibility of the type of mentorship that I was providing to the students that I was teaching I think I I think especially for your more elite style schools, whether they be exam schools or competition schools, or, you know, your really intense ballet schools. Um, uh, Mentorship is really important because at the end of the day, ultimately a lot of these kids, or even some of these kids, it only takes one to have, but they do want to go off and they do want to train full time and they do want to give the industry a crack And I think it's really important that as studio owners, we are able to mentor them and guide them and send them down a path that best suits them. Um, And I really wanted to have more of an opportunity, more of an opportunity than I did freelancing. I definitely had that opportunity freelancing and I'm very grateful for the studios that provided me with that opportunity. Um, but I was ready to have even more of that responsibility um, than what I had before.
0: And now looking back, do you wish that you didn't open a studio and you had the security and safety net of being a staff
1: member? Um... No, I'm okay, I'm okay. There's a lot of insecurity with freelancing. You know, I freelanced for um, like eleven to twelve years. You know, I started teaching when I was seventeen, so um, it's there's. I believe there's just as much insecurity in freelancing as there is in um, owning a business that we now know is non essential. Um, <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I I think there's just as many pros and cons for both, you know. Like, I mean, running a studio, you know, you get to the end of the year and you, you know, you hope everybody comes back. But then as a freelancer, and I worked as a subcontractor, not an employee, you kind of do the same thing. You kind of go, I hope I get these, I hope I'm offered these hours again. I hope I'm offered... This pay rate again. I hope my days don't change. I hope the times don't change. Um, you know, so um, yeah. I think I think there's, I think there's um, positives and negatives to both.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point about you know the insecurities of being a teacher because myself and other studio owners, I think, are questioning whether we push on with our studios given the pandemic. And would it be easier just to teach for someone else and not have the stress at the end of the day? But as you said, there's still going to be stress because I might want to teach a Tuesday four till seven because that fits in with my life, but there's no guarantee a studio can give me that or keep that. So mm, correct. Um so you said that you started in Coburg and then you moved. Is that because you started in the church hall, did you say, and then you? Moved, you moved
1: yeah, so I started in a church hall um. And then uh, at the end of the second year, I moved to a wonderful spot in Brunswick East. And um, I'm very lucky to sublet. I'm very, very lucky um, to be able to sublet. And it's an old um, dance studio that doesn't get used. So I walked into, I was really lucky, I walked into a, a, a ready space like the flooring was already there the bars were there the mirrors were there the sound system was there all i had to do was kind of spruce it up
0: how did you come across that venue did you know that it was there or
1: no i actually didn't know it was there it was actually a parent of mine that um saw it on a web like a um uh like a art space higher you know kind of website because um i was looking for somewhere new i didn't want to stay in that venue anymore i i had a few issues with uh, um the people that run the church hall um so i was really eager to move and so um the the studio um was being hired out um like one-off hires And so I kind of proposed, you know, that I would like to have it on this day, this day, this day, this day, and this day. And they were happy with that. So, yeah.
0: Amazing. You saved yourself so much money and stress. Do you think you'll stay there? Like, is that the type of facility that you're happy in? Or are you still Um,
1: thinking? I'm growing. My business is growing at a pace where I don't need to think about anywhere larger at the moment. Um, so I am, I am really happy to stay there. It's a great location. Like it's on Ligon street, um, which is such a popular strip, um, on this side of the city. So, um, I, re- you know, I don't have that, um, I don't have that challenge of being, you know, tucked away in a yeah. factory complex or, um uh, you know, being like, uh, um, uh, out, you know, like uh, further away than what I wanted to be because I need the space. Like it's, it's, it's a really convenient space, um, to have a studio. So I'm not, I'm not keen on moving anytime soon.
0: And being in such a like trendy spot, do you attract a lot of adult students? Like I'm assuming that You would?
1: Um, I, I do occasionally I try and keep away from adult classes because, um, it is quite trendy. Um, (laughs) I try and keep away from, um, the adult classes because there are so many Pilates and yoga studios near me that it would be jumping into a completely different ball game yeah. in regards to like marketing and all of that kind of stuff. and I feel like it would be something that I would have to venture off to do and it, I couldn't really streamline it with the studio the way I do everything else.
0: Yeah, that makes um,
1: sense yeah.
0: Um, and how did you attract students in the first place? I don't know if other people will be as disgusted in you as I am that you don't have a website. but
1: I actually have almost finished it and it's due to um, be put up on the interwebs. Um, very shortly. It is pretty disgusting, I'm not gonna lie. Um, So in my first, I really wanted to make, um, I don't have a very big school, I'm sitting on under 50 kids. Um, And when when I opened, I wanted to make a really conscious effort to attract students the right way um and not the wrong way so i didn't actually i didn't actually promote for 12 months um because i was so worried about stepping on people's toes um so i really kept to myself um which was difficult because i'm the loudest person that i know um so (laughs) it was i kept to myself for a solid year um, no promotion, no advertising, pardon?
0: Just wanted to go with word of mouth then, like have your yeah. students... Yeah, and, and
1: pretty much that was it. And then I really didn't start pushing hardcore with any promotional advertising until maybe halfway through my second year. Yeah. Um, And so... Um, yeah, so that's kind of, um, and I think that's why the, the growth of the school has been um, uh, quite slow, um, but I would definitely say it's, it's slow and steady. It's, it's, yeah. not, um, it's not really
0: a bad thing when you're finding your feet. As a new business and a new studio?
1: Yeah, correct. And I still, I'm still, i still at a stage where I do everything on my own anyway in terms of administration and all of that. So um, it would definitely be quite overwhelming to have hundreds and hundreds of kids. Not that I would probably be doing it all on my own if I did have that many students. Um, but um, at the same time... Uh, it is quite difficult when you're doing everything on your own and you don't have, you know, um, like even, even your dance mum. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, so many, so many studio owners are so blessed to have their mother come in, yeah. and and I, you know, I don't have that. So um, it really is all on my own. But I'm very grateful for the teachers that I have. They do an amazing job and they definitely take the load off uh, my back when the, when it's needed. So
0: how many teachers do you have?
1: Including myself, there's currently six of us. I've got two. Um, so that's including me. So five staff all up. I have two junior teachers, um, that teach a lot of my junior school classes. And then I have, um, a a senior ballet teacher, a senior hip hop teacher, and my acro teacher, and then I take all the jazz and lyrical and comp work.
0: And if you're the only admin guy, do you take time off or limit your hours?
1: No, so um, so Fridays, the studio isn't open. Yeah. So um, unless it's term four, when everything's re- usually, you know, really crazy with comp work and stuff, I mean, concert work and all that kind of stuff. Um, Fridays, I usually don't do anything. I use that because we're at the studio all day on Saturday. So I kind of use Friday as my my first weekend day. So I try my hardest not to do any admin. I don't reply to messages. I don't pick up the phone if it's a client, um, unless it's super urgent. Um, I try not to do anything to do with the studio and I kind of just lay on the couch for 12 hours.
0: Pandemic life. Just, yeah
1: it's pandemic life.
0: And if you do everything yourself does that mean you're doing your website yourself, your graphic design yourself like do you do your own bookkeeping and bass and or do you have an accountant that you reach out to? And
1: So my, my accountant does most of my tax stuff like I'm a little bit like uneducated in regards to that so he takes care of that for me um uh all admin i do um but i i keep it very simple you know like it's there's nothing that's too complicated
0: i found when i was more in your shoes early on in my business that I didn't quite separate the tasks. I don't know if you have like certain admin hours and then teaching hours, but I remember I'd be in the studio and teaching and then the kids would go have a drink break and I'd quickly reply to three emails and then I felt like everything was just intertwined.
1: <laughs> I do that sometimes. Everything. Yeah, I totally do that sometimes. I have learned. Um, uh, so I, I strategically did my timetable this year to... Um, make sure that I that I, I don't do a full night of teaching anymore. So, for example, like on a Monday on a Monday night, we're open from four till um, nine thirty. I do from four till five and then seven thirty onwards, and so I use that gap um, to do things like check emails and reply to them. if I'm hungry, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then that's the same throughout the week, which I didn't, um, I didn't think to do until this year. Um, because I was just getting so sick of doing that, you know, teaching all the kids grab a drink and then you look at your phone and you've got eight, eight messages, three emails and two phone calls. And you're like, what what do i do and you don't do anything but you have a panic attack yeah (laughs) you don't you don't actually attend to any of it but you just spend the remainder of the class going i wonder what that email is i wonder what that message is i wonder why that parent called me (laughs) um whereas now i don't do that often um which is good (laughs)
0: um and what do you think is the biggest day-to-day challenge of running a studio
1: in general or for me um, for you, yeah. Um, I think for me, the biggest challenge would, it would definitely be, um, uh, it would definitely be, I oh, see, not even social. I think the biggest challenge for me would be finding the time to be everything. Yeah. Does that make sense? So, like, uh, finding the time to be admin, to be reception, to be salesperson, to be teacher, to be mentor, to be someone's diary, to be someone's counselor, to be someone's therapist, to, you know, like, I think, I think that would be the biggest challenge. It's definitely something that I think I, um, I, I do well enough but it does take up a lot of your it does take up a lot of your day emotionally like you know like you have those big days especially um you know if you're leading up to things like comps where outside stuff and internal stuff in the studio starts getting really busy and concert time and all of that, you know, you can, you can have a day where you may have only answered two emails. Um, uh, one phone call, you've had the kids try on two sets of costumes. Um, you've had a full-on rehearsal and you've had to raise your voice a little bit. And then you've got to maybe deal with a parent that is wondering why their child's up the back. But that's a lot emotionally in one day, you know? And then when you get home at like 10, it's really hard to switch off. And I think the biggest issue, I think the biggest challenge within that challenge is that unfortunately, and I mean, really at the end of the day, it's not their fault nor their problem. But unfortunately, a lot of the parents and the students, they don't understand that and they don't realise that they actually might be the sixth thing that's happened to you that day, yeah. or they might be the 15th question that has been asked, or they they might present to you the eighth problem for the day. And it's really, um, sometimes it's really challenging to address that and approach that eighth thing or that 16th thing like it's the first one with the same amount of patience you had at the start of the day, with the same light-hearted tone, because you're kind of over it by then.
0: Absolutely. Especially
1: if it's all happened in a day.
0: As a human, you can only have so much patience and energy in a day.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: Um, and if we talk about the C word, how are you coping with COVID-19?
1: the C word rona um look it's hard you know it's hard I think for me this lockdown has been really difficult because we can't see anyone you know
0: and with the studio what are you doing to survive are you doing zoom classes or pre-recorded
1: yeah so we went on to zoom. Um, in uh, term two, obviously. So I took about a fortnight off um, to really work out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. I knew that whatever I was gonna do had to be the best plan. Yeah. I knew it had to be um, an, a plan that was going to work. Cause I was like, I felt that I just didn't have any room to trial upon trial upon trial. I felt that if we were going to do anything, I had one shot to convince everyone that it was the best thing to do.
0: Yeah, well with a small school, yeah, I guess you don't have that luxury of hoping that, you know, if we've got 300 kids, hopefully 100 will do it. Like you, you're probably really relying on those 50 kids and families to get on board.
1: Correct, absolutely. So um, we thought. I spoke to um, I spoke to my staff about it, and I thought about it, and um, we we felt the best thing to do for our kids was to go onto Zoom. Yes. So um, we've been zooming since term two, and <clears throat> I don't want to sound, you know, um, weird or anything, but it's actually like for Zoom, it's actually going okay. Like, I'm still seeing improvement with the majority of my kids that are dancing a lot. Um, you know, like, they've, they've got to experience um, a lot more guest teachers than what they may usually get in a year yeah. because of it. So there definitely has been some pros to it. Obviously, more cons than pros, but...
0: you workshop-based or do you have like a set timetable where, you know, jazz is every Tuesday at five o'clock and ballet is week?
1: So, we, um, last term we had just a normal timetable, like your standard timetable. These are the days, these are the times. This term, we um, just changed it up for a couple of weeks. For another week, we're doing that, where we um, just condensed everything and just got the teachers on rotation teaching for an hour and a half, um, uh, once a week. And the kids have only been doing that kind of rotation work. I just wanted to give them a bit of a break, um, so that they didn't lose interest too early within the term. Um, and I just knew, from a lot of what my parents were telling me that a lot of the schools were bumping up the workload for um, online learning. I wanted them to get used to that shift before I went bang, 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 bang. Um, So yeah, so in another week, I I think it's a week and a half, we go back to a normal timetable um and yeah
0: will there be a concert this year or what are you thinking
1: um i don't want to say too much um because i don't know i think one of the biggest things i've learned which has been the hardest thing to learn is to stop pre-planning
0: so when do you think that we'll be able to reopen in melbourne do you still think term four Probably
1: twenty twenty
0: (laughs) five, I reckon. What will happen first? Like, will you get a website or will we reopen?
1: I reckon I'll get a website. I reckon I'm gonna hold you to that. I think it would be really nice if um if we went back in term four. Um, I I, I feel like we will. Um, I I do also feel that we will be challenged with. restrictions
0: yeah absolutely it'll be Um, more like our 10 per class maybe and yeah
1: i think so i don't i don't see um i don't see us executing a normal day at dancing until 2021 yeah unfortunately but I think it's safe to be, I think it's safer to be realistic at the moment. I would rather return to my studio with the idea of working within a safe environment and, uh, and helping that safe environment be even safer, rather than returning to a really risky environment and trying to not get anyone sick
0: for sure. And is there anything else that you want to share or any other tips or tricks that you have for new studio owners or people looking to perhaps you know redo their studio when when we're allowed back?
1: Um no, I mean I think don't do it. Don't own a studio. No. <laughs> I
0: think every single interview I have on this podcast is going to have that. Like, you know what? If you don't need to open a studio, don't run far, far away.
1: <laughs> if I had any advice for anyone that was opening up their own studio, my advice would be to make sure you know exactly what you want out of your business before you open it. Yeah. Um I think um uh, I think it makes your your life as a business owner a lot um, a lot less stressful, a lot happier. And I think you'd love what you're doing more, um, knowing that what you're doing is exactly what you want to be doing. You know? Um, I think, um, and I think that's another reason why I don't have that many kids yet. My studio is not for everyone, you know, like I have, I have a lot of kids that come in and trial and they they it's not for them. They don't like the discipline. They don't like the etiquette. They don't like how hard they're expected to work, you know? Yeah. I I have a lot of kids come in and they don't like it and they don't stick around and it's upsetting. But then at the same time, I know that that's not the type of student for me, yeah. so it's not a big loss it's a it's a loss right there and then but in the long run it's not a big loss because I know I know the empire that I'm trying to build and it doesn't include that type of student so it's okay that that student didn't stick around you know
0: and it's amazing that you've realized that so quickly because I think initially a lot of studio owners are looking at numbers I need this many students I need this many students but it's the type of student that you're
1: trying to attract. Correct. You know, I mean, like, I, I I, know someone who owns a studio near me, like within a 5K radius. Um, That's and within your permitted
0: area? Of within travel. my
1: permitted area. I could walk there. I think it's actually just out. I'm not too sure. But they're lovely. They're so lovely. And they run a recreational school, right? And they love it, they have the best time. They, they know exactly the type of kids that they're after. They never have issues. They love their students. They love their parents. They love concert time. And for the same thing, they know what they want out of their business. And, they, and because they know what they want, they know how to market it. And then in return, they receive that type of client that they're after. So it works out for everyone, you know?
0: That makes a lot of sense.
1: Mm.
0: Well, thank you so much for having a chat today. I feel like... Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so that you're first to know when new episodes are released in the future.